Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Tallahassee, Florida, it's time for Florida Home Builders Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Florida Home Builders Radio. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, first up on today's episode, Federal Legislative Director for Government Affairs at the National Association of Home Builders, Mr. Alex Strong. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you, Stone. Thanks for having us. Well, we are delighted to have you. We've been hearing a lot, of course, about these different kinds of relief programs where the government really is trying to help us. The federal government is trying to lend a helping hand. Can you give us a little bit of a primer of some of the key things that they're doing to try to help us? Yeah, happy happy to. Um, obviously, this has been a huge topic of conversation for folks given the COVID-19 uh, uh, disaster and the, and the ensuing uh, uh, troubling, uh, uncertain economic times we face ahead. So uh, a lot of folks reasonably have been asking us, you know, what is the federal government doing? Uh, and, and, and that's why I'm here, you know, along with my colleague, Heather Vorman, uh, just to talk a little bit about uh, the CARES Act uh, and what that legislation contained in the way of relief for small businesses. Uh, both of these programs uh, are uh, administered, at least through the Small Business Administration. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, the EIDL loan program first. That's the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. Uh, and then my colleague, Heather Vorman, again, uh, is going to talk a little bit about the the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, that's the other program folks have been hearing a lot about. So just real real quickly, uh, you know, what is the EIDL, the, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program? Um, it is direct assistance from the Small Business Administration in the form of low-interest loans to small businesses uh, or private nonprofit organizations that suffer substantial economic injury as a result of a declared disaster. Uh, the, the, the next question that logically comes up is, is who's eligible for, to, to participate yeah. <laughs> in this program? Uh, so first and foremost, you have to be in a federally, a federally declared disaster area. Uh, and right now, all 50 states and all territories are, in fact, declared disaster areas hmm. for these purposes. So the only additional criteria you have to uh, meet in order to be eligible is uh, to be either a small business, uh, which the CARES Act defined as not having not more than 500 employees. You could be a sole proprietor or with or without employees. Independent contractors are, are eligible, cooperatives and employee-owned businesses, tribal small businesses. Uh, and importantly, particularly for local home builders associations, 501c6 entities are uh, eligible provided they aren't in the business, uh, quote, in the business of lobbying. Uh-huh. Uh, now, just really quickly on that last point, uh, you know, what, are, what we're hearing from outside counsel is that uh, the SBA, when they consider the question of whether or not you're in the business of lobbying, uh, they're looking at how much resources you devote to lobbying activities. If it's 50% plus $1, uh, then you're probably not eligible for the EIDL. Uh, if it's less, and it should be less probably for most local home builders associations, then you would be eligible f- to participate in this EIDL loan program. 
so that's a, that's a determination that, that, that local home builders associations probably need to m- make with their uh, with their attorney or their uh, tax counsel, uh, but it's certainly a consideration uh, to be made in applying. Um, if I keep going, uh, just uh, who who uh, who is uh, eligible? Uh, the disaster areas I covered that a little bit about the loan itself, the terms and conditions. The maximum loan is two million dollars, depending on demonstrated injury. Uh, these are thirty year. They can be thirty year loans with the first payment not due for a year. Uh, and and uh, importantly, worth noting, these loans, the EIDL loans, are not eligible to be forgiven. And this will be in contrast to what you hear from Heather about the, the PPP program. So that should be noted. Uh, the allowable uses for these funds, uh, the EIDL loans can be used. They're essentially working capital loans. And so they can be used for payroll and other costs uh, and, and otherwise to pay obligations that cannot be met uh, due to revenue loss. And there's uh, one other thing I'll touch on on this EIDL <clears throat> before I kick it over to Heather is uh, the EIDL emergency grant uh, provision. This is something that NHB and a lot of organizations push for in the CARES Act. Uh, It is a new component to the EIDL loan program. And what it says is that applicants for an EIDL loan can, at the time they're requesting the loan, uh, also request an advance of up to ten thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, on that loan, yeah, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's a good chunk of money for folks to again sort of keep the lights on. Uh, and here's the the kicker: the 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 incredible thing really is there. There is no repayment requirement, regardless of whether you are subsequently denied an EIDL loan. Hmm. And I usually I usually repeat that for effect, right? Because that. <laughs> Pretty, yeah. pretty, remar- pretty remarkable. The federal government is giving those folks applying for these EIDL emergency grants, including 501c6s, and up to $10,000 advance, which has no repayment requirement, regardless of whether you're subsequently denied for an EIDL loan. So, I mean, finally, I I would direct listeners to, to the SBA website. This, again, is a little bit different than the uh, PPP program. Uh, you apply for an EIDL loan directly through the SBA.gov website. So go check out SBA.gov slash disaster uh, and walk through their online uh, their online application if you think this program uh, might be a good fit for you or your organization. Uh, I, I, I focused a lot. I talked a lot about local HBAs being able to uh, uh, apply for this, but it, it applies for small businesses as well, as I noted. That's the, the short of it for now on the on the EIDL. Like I said, Heather Heather Vorman, a colleague of mine at NHB, uh, who works down in the housing finance policy shop, she's going to talk a little bit now about about paycheck protection program, the PPP loan program. Uh, so, Heather, you are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thanks, Alex, um, and thanks, Stone, for having us today. Well, welcome um, to the show. We are delighted to have you. I have two more questions for Alex before we oh, go sure. there. You mentioned a phrase, demonstrated injury. Alex, can you say more about that? Like, is that uh, how do you demonstrate injury or, or document injury? 
Right. So on the application, they'll ask. So, so the, the, what we're hearing from most local, uh, small, uh, local or even state home builders associations, for instance, uh, particularly in the South where home shows were going on, uh, just as this, uh, outbreak was, was happening. And then, then the subsequent stay at home orders in a lot of places. So a lot of the HBAs could, for instance, demonstrate on the application loss of re- revenue ah, associated okay. with the home builders. Yeah. With a home show that was canceled. So that's the kind of thing they're looking for. If you can demonstrate that you would have had some revenue, uh, but for this disaster, then that's, that's what they're looking for. And how ugly and hairy is this paperwork? I, I probably, it's probably unfounded because I've never, I don't guess ever gone after one of these kind of loans for our uh, business, the media business, but I know I, I just, I, I have this, this fear that it's going to be this big, hairy involved set of paperwork, but have they streamlined it a little bit? Yeah, I mean, your concern is is well is well founded. I mean, we're talking about the federal government, right? Right. Um, so anything coming out of one of those in, in, in agencies uh, is is going to be can be problematic uh, and tedious. Uh, that said, they really have tried here to streamline it, and in, and in particular with the EIDL loan that you apply again directly through the SBA website. I, I believe it's like a two-page deal now that you can fill out all online. So, oh, okay. It's, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it's not exactly a trip to the dentist, but it's it, you know, it's not it's not <laughs> going to be terribly enjoyable. All right, so Heather, the, this paycheck protection program, there have been some new developments just just recently. We're kind of in another phase. Yeah, walk us through that, if you will. Sure, um, I'll just give a little bit of background on it before we jump into what's happened recently. Uh, The CARES Act also allocated $349 billion to small businesses through the Paycheck Protection Program, or as we like to call it, the PPP. And if any of you are familiar with the uh, SBA loan program, the 7A loan program, this is an expansion of that program, um, except for it's trying to streamline it and uh, increase the eligibility for the program. So it's uh, you don't have to make payments on this loan for six months. You don't have to provide any collateral or personal guarantees. There's no fees to apply. It's a 1% interest and you have two years to pay it back, but there's no prepayment penalties or fees. And then there's also, unlike the EIDL loan, there is possibility for loan forgiveness. So that's why this program has been pretty popular with small businesses across the country. Um, so it is available to small businesses with fewer than 500 employees. Um, but one thing we have been noticing with builders is uh, there was an interim rule, which is not the final rule for this program, but the Treasury did release it last Thursday evening. And it had a provision in there saying that builders who build homes for future sale are ineligible for this program. And so we are trying to hmm. find clarity on that issue at this time. Um, we don't know if that means you're doing 50% or more uh, spec homes. We don't know if that means you do one spec home. So we have been working very closely with Treasury, the White House, and Congress to nail this down and also to make sure that as many builders as possible are eligible for this program. And so our CEO, Jerry Howard, has been speaking directly with the White House on this issue, which they have called a glitch. So we're hoping that we can get this solved pretty quickly. Um, some other businesses that are eligible... Unlike the uh, EIDL program, you can uh, uh, be a 501c3 nonprofit and apply, but not uh, for the 501c6 nonprofits. But that's something that Alex can maybe talk about in a bit. We're trying to really push 
hard for uh, expansion to the 501c6 organizations. Sole proprietors are also included and independent contractors, self-employed individuals. Um, and so this is part of the expansion. They're really making sure that all small businesses are included in this program. And then tribal businesses and 501c19 veterans organizations. Um, so as you were talking about before, there's been a little bit um, of a, an, an opening in this program in the last day. Uh, so on April 3rd, the program opened for small businesses. Um, and then this Friday, April 10th, it was opened up to sole proprietorships. So now sole proprietorships and independent contractors and self-employed individuals can apply for this program. There's not a whole lot of changes from the application process from the small businesses to the sole proprietorships. It's the same application. You just have to check a sole proprietor on the top. But the calculations are a little bit different for um, your loan amount. So for the, the regular program, your loan amount is based on an average, a monthly average of your payroll times 2.5. Uh, so what a sole hmm. proprietor would do is uh, look at your net earnings from your self-employment. And then if you do have maybe one or two employees, you can include those as well. So that's what they're looking at for sole proprietors. And so it's a pretty similar calculation. You're just going to look at um, a slightly different number. And then it also is limited. So if you make $100,000 or more per year or any of your employees make over $100,000 per year, you do have to uh, tamp that back so that all employees are making $100,000 or less per year um, when counting your payroll. Um, so some of the eligible expenses for this program um, it's really, as the name says, a paycheck protection program. So 75% of your loan needs to be used for your payroll costs to keep people on the payroll and make sure your business is staying afloat. Um, some other eligible expenses are your rent, your mortgage interest, and utilities. Um, and like I said before, this is a forgivable loan. So if you use it correctly for those expenses, 75% payroll, and then for those other eligible expenses, and, and you document that correctly, um, you can turn in those documents at the end of your loan period and apply for forgiveness. One thing you do have to keep in mind, though, is you do have to keep your employee headcount the same as when you calculated uh, your loan amount. So you have uh -huh. to keep your employees uh, on, on board, which is difficult at this time, we realize, because of everything that's happening um, in, in the uh, economy. The other thing is you can decrease wages, but not by more than 25% for those that made $100,000 or less in 2019. So you got to keep your salary um, and wage levels pretty much the same from uh, when you calculated your loan amount. In a nutshell, to apply, it's a little different uh, than the EIDL program. You do have to go through a lender, an SBA approved lender. So if you've worked with one in the past, that's your best bet to go to that lender and, and get your application in. But SBA also has a website that you can go to to uh, find lenders that are in your community. And that's just sba.gov slash paycheck protection slash find. And so you can find a lender that you can work with. And when you use the word payroll, do, do the people have to be W-2 type of employees to qualify as payroll? Or are there other people that could fit into that group? Or do we know yet? So you do have to use your actual employees, W-2 employees. Okay. We have had a lot of questions about using 1099 contractors. 
Um, and unfortunately, since they do qualify on their own for this program, mm. you're not allowed to include them in your payroll calculations. Got it. So other loans that we should be looking at are that right now, these are the, these are the two programs that, that our members should probably at least be looking at to begin with. Yeah. Yes, I think that's right. Um, they are really tailored to small businesses, but I don't know if Alex has any words of wisdom and maybe some things that are coming down the pipeline. But right now, this is really uh, what we're encouraging our members to look into. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I mean, uh, you know, just as a general matter, the PPP protect the Paycheck Protection Program is probably going to be a little bit better suited for for businesses that qualify, given the forgivability uh, of that loan uh, and the EIDL. Uh, while available, obviously, to small businesses, is probably going to be. Uh, the best bet, bet, really the only bet right now for uh, 501c6s, that is to say, you know, many of the the local associations. And what do we know about timeline? Uh, I'm operating under the impression your counsel is jump on this, at least find out about it, explore it with your SBA lender, go to that uh, portal for for the grant idea. But what do we know about the timeline of receiving funds? Do we have any data in on that yet? Are we talking about getting this money in a month, you know, three months or do we know? Yeah, what we're anecdotally what we're hearing right now is that at least as it applies to the EIDL loan is that they are taking two to three weeks to process the the loan application, mm-hmm. uh, and then once they processed it, uh, in that emergency grant up to ten thousand dollars that I spoke about that will be delivered within three days from that. So so we don't have a we, we don't have a, a a great sense, but but we're talking about a, a couple to a few weeks at least in theory uh, for the EIDL. I'm not sure, Heather, if you're hearing something different on the PPP front. So with the PPP loan, um, it's it's hard to say when loans will actually be funded, but I know they're trying to work within a tight timeline because the program does technically end on June 30th. And so they're trying to process those applications to give people time to use those funds before the June 30th uh, date. And, St- and Stone, I would... I, I, I would echo what you sort of led in there with. And that is that folks, folks, if they haven't already, they should be at their local SBA approved lender uh, applying for these funds. These, as, as has been reported, widely reported nationally, these funds are going quickly. Now we believe Congress is going to uh, plus these programs up at some point, but we don't know exactly when that that'll be how much, uh, but it should, you should, Absolutely. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, go visit your local uh, SBA approved lender and or uh, go apply through the uh, SBA website for that EIDL loan. You guys have been very transparent about what we don't know yet. And to me, this is one of the great advantages of being part of the National Association of Home Builders and your local home builders associations. We have people like you. I mean, this is what you're doing. You're out there working this, you're collecting the information, and you're out there trying to influence key decision makers so that this genuinely does serve everyone concerned. Can you sort of resummarize, if you will, some of the things that you guys are, are really paying very close attention to and, and some of the things you're trying to influence on, on behalf of our members. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all sort of 
uh, operating from a from a, an unwritten new script here. I mean, yeah. we haven't been through this kind of thing before, really. So uh, we're writing it as we go. And Congress, for that matter, frankly, is writing it as, as they go. So there are going to be some problems. There are going to be some folks that unfortunately fall through the cracks. We're trying to limit that uh, try to make the the universe of our members who are eligible for these programs as vast as possible, try to get that relief to the small businesses to make sure they can weather the, these uncertain, troubling times. And sort of to that end, we've, we're really focusing on, uh, you know, as Heather mentioned, uh, some of the, the issues with the PPP guidance that we're hearing uh, is, is is sowing confusion with SBA lenders and causing some home builders to be excluded from the PPP program. We're looking at that. And then for the next sort of the next Corona package that we know is coming, uh, likely uh, when Congress comes back uh, on the 20th, uh, we're looking to try to expand eligibility for the, the PPP program to include 501c6s. We're working very closely with the, the, uh, the, the national ASAE and, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce uh, along those same lines to make sure that uh, you know the professional trade organizations that are that are that employ individuals themselves and are going to help small businesses navigate these troubling times. We're trying to make sure that they have the the resources to to keep the doors open and keep helping folks. Heather, did I miss anything there? What, what else uh, are we doing? I, I think that's right. We're also working very closely with SBA and Treasury as they release guidance daily, which is good and bad because we have to, you know, make sure that we're getting out that information as soon as it comes out. But um, also it's good to have clarity and more guidance on how these programs are going to be implemented, but definitely working with them and making sure that they understand the needs of home builders and small businesses across the country as they release the guidance. Well, thank you both for your diligence. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for investing the time with us today to communicate with our membership And with your permission, as dynamic as this situation is, we may very well reach out again and and ask you to share an update with us uh, if if you're up for that at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please please do. This has been great. Thanks again, Stone. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you both. And for our listeners out there, our members, our supporting members, our sponsors, anyone in the Home Builders ecosystem, if you have other topics or questions that you would like to see addressed on Florida Home Builders Radio, just reach out and let us know, and we'll do everything in our power to make that happen. But until then, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Alex Strong and Heather Vorman, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Florida Home Builders Radio.